the most corrupt, most heavily fined company for its illegal business practices become a de facto arm of the federal government, determining for us what we must shoot into our arms with no right to know, no informed consent, no facts, no test data? Look up the Nuremberg Code, see what your rights really are. That's a truth that's not being spoken. A good thing you have TNN, the Truth News Network, and your master of the facts is Dan Newman. Just think about what you just heard Pete Moss say. Think about it. That drug, whichever one you took, the Moderna, the Pfizer, the J&J, had been through some very limited uh, clinical trials with people, but it was for the first time in real drug history, development of new pharmaceuticals, it was fast-tracked. And it was pushed out before any real resolution had been received or put together by all those testing scientists that came up with what the adverse reactions would be. Hindsight being 2020, which it always is, folks, I think now, if we knew then what we know now regarding the Pfizer vaccines, they wouldn't have been approved by the FDA or even if they had been approved by the FDA, if you and I knew the contents, if we knew the adverse reactions that were going to follow these vaccines when they pushed them out there, adverse reactions in the millions, including killing a bunch of people, maiming a bunch of people, all kinds of situations. We, through the pandemic, every Friday, we went to the adverse reactions website that was updated every Friday, posted on the CDC website, and the adverse reactions were way, way more than necessary to give pause to any thinking, reasonable, realistic American. And those adverse reactions happened around the world. How many people died? How many people will die? We don't know. But what we do know is finding out all of those things is not as simple as we thought it would be. It's not as simple as uh, it should be because you just can't get any real good information out of it. You just cannot do it. Hey, we've got an amazing day today. We are going to, I'm, I'm waiting for people to log in and get the show because we've got one of the most important events happening today on this show than has ever happened in the history of TNN Live. And I want to make sure that all of our listeners, the people that are here every day, and by the way, I want to say a special thank thank you to all of you. This wouldn't happen without you. But before we get started with that, I just want to say, you better buckle in. This week, the next week, the week after that, we're five weeks away from a midterm elections tomorrow, exactly five weeks. And there is so much at stake in what happens and who's in charge on the other side of Congress, the other side of the midterm elections. And of course, you got to remember this. This Congress has plenty of time, even if it is 100% flipped, from Democrat control, which it's 100% under Democrat control now. But if it flips the other way, if the Republicans take the House and take the Senate, and especially if there is a really good majority 
in, uh, let's say, the House of Representatives and a two- or three-seat majority in the Senate, Republicans will have to really buckle in and get ready to roll out some great legislative items. We've talked about that here. And uh, the commitment to America, we've talked about it here, which is what the Republicans are telling us, if you give us the House, here's what we're going to do. Those are all great things. But most people don't understand this. Between Election Day and the day when Republicans would actually take over control, it's in January of next year. I can't imagine how horrible will be the things that this Democrat majority would put out. And actually, because Joe Biden's president signed into law between now and January that much of probably when they do it will be irreversible. You think things are bad now? (laughs) Oh my gosh. We don't really know what bad is until you have a bunch of angry hardcore leftists. I've got some of the most um, horrible, egregious things to report to you today to start the show. Normally, on Monday, we have a big story that goes live at 1.45 a.m. in the morning at truthnewsnet.org. Every day, pretty much, during the week, we have a story go live. It's either one that's written and published in-house or it's from one of our couple of, we have two or three contributing writers that write for us. Kelly Nelson dropped a bomb on me during the weekend, actually on Friday, I believe. She sent me a story. And I must tell you, it went live, but it did not go live before the 1.45 a.m. deadline. It's live now. And I want to make sure that you know it's live and during the day-to-day that you go pull it down. You need to download it and you need to share it out the wazoo. You know, we Americans, we've looked on in horror over the last, I don't know, decade. As time after time, we hear details that have been hidden regarding incidents that have occurred in which members of our government, the U.S. government, have taken actions of I don't know, all kinds of things against Americans and those things our government does to us are in direct contradiction to the laws of the nation. And what's worse, they've done it in the name of justice. But the justice their actions serve are those of people who wish to deny you and me deny us the justice our forefathers bled and died for and a justice that comes from a set of authoritarian rules not shared with the American people. They have never been mentioned in local, state, and federal campaigns and indeed have never been on a ballot. Sadly, the actions of these of an unknown number being supported by many in our country who want to replace our government of the people, by the people, and for the people with a top-down government that's controlled by a group of special people appointed by another group of special people, none of which 
were installed through our constitutional process. It's an in-your-face of totalitarianism disguised as something way more benign than totalitarianism. But it's for sure totalitarianism or authoritarianism, socialist light or fascism. You can label it with all kinds of names. But it is built upon the fact that no longer will the people have the say-so, any say-so, in our government. In any of these cases, the type of espoused government included It requires all of us, American people in total, to become Serbs with rights only allotted by those in power. And if their allotments are to be anything that corresponds with the venom they spew, Americans will have no power. So today's story that was sent to me and we published it at about 7 a.m. this morning, Kelly Nelson wrote it. I'm going to say something now that you've never heard me say before. Today's story may be the most crucial story ever published at Truth News Network. Its contents will disturb you, and they should. In fact, they should enrage you. Now, I won't tell you why, and we'll rely on you. I urge you to share the story with every American you know, every American you love, every American you respect. And ask them, after reading my forward at the top of this story, which we're going through right now, and Kelly's story, ask them to pass it along to themselves. So after saying this, let's do this. Let's turn this this conversation over to Kelly. Kelly Nelson. I'll say a couple of things, and then we're going to go to her story today. Liberty dies when good people do nothing. Those endowed individuals who want to take over our lives, committed to their cause, and are militantly marching against American freedom. We all must ask, are we willing to engage in a process to stop this push against all that we have lived with successfully for 260 years? All of us must answer that question and we'll get what we're willing to work for, and nothing more. Kelly always starts her stories with about four or five quotes from some very famous people that most of us know who they are, just to set the stage for the story she's going to give to us on whatever day it is. East Germany was so total in its totalitarianism that everything was banned, that wasn't compulsory. P.J. O'Rourke said did that. And then, it's a historical fact that the Stasi did horrible things and monitored many people in East Germany. However, I find it very interesting to think about the importance of Western secret services back then and still working today. That was stated by Christian Schwachow, who's a German film director. While the anti-fascist action and all opposing groups were banned after Hitler became head of state, the Antifa communist ideology never went away. 
from the ashes of WW2, it was absorbed and institutionalized in the official state ideology of what would become the German Democratic Republic, also known as East Germany. From 1949 to 1990, East Germany existed as a communist state carved out of the Weimar Republic by the Soviet Union, one of World War II's victorious allied leaders. For over 40 years, the extremely repressive conditions in East Germany exemplified what Antifa state building actually looks like. That's from journalist Andy No. In her final quote, I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America, and we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. That is the abyss from which there is no return. That was stated by former Idaho U.S. Senator Frank Church. So who were the Stasi, S-T-A-S-I? They were one of the most hated and feared institutions of the East. German communist government. They were the internal security and police apparatus in the Soviet zone of occupation back then in East Germany after World War II. Their job? Spy on the people. What else did they do? What was their other job? They spied on the people. They were similar to the KGB in that their spying, gathering intelligence kept the government informed enough to squash any dissent. Like a giant octopus, the Stasi's tentacles probed every aspect of life, all major industrial plants, apartment buildings, schools, universities, hospitals, and theologians had informers. Doctors, lawyers, journalists, writers, actors, and sports figures were co-opted by Stasi officers, as were waiters and hotel personnel. The Stasi was one of the most successful intelligence services in history. They kept almost unimaginably detailed files and records on large quantities of the population. They created an atmosphere of fear and unease that they then proceeded to exploit. Lives were lost trying to escape that communist, fascist control. Just as Italy's Benito Mussolini established and controlled his power between 1922 and 30, we've seen the same tactics in our America. He used violence and intimidation of opposing parties. Media was controlled along with censorship. Education in schools and universities was closely monitored, and trade unions were controlled by the state. The old turn-in-your-neighbor that we saw in Nazi Germany and Italy and Poland and other countries run by totalian oligarchs was revived in Joe Biden's recent fascist speech. Perhaps it isn't as obvious to the majority of Americans. Still, Stasi tactics are alive and well in America. More under Biden's Department of Justice with Merrick Garland as the Attorney General. 
and every intelligence department, all 18 of them. Did you know we have 18 intelligence departments? I don't even know which, what the names of all of them are, and few of us do. But every one of them is woke enough to be on the totalitarian takeover of America. What about the FBI raids? We've seen enough examples of the attacks on opposition leadership via the overzealous raids by the Stasi FBI. What about the raids on these people? Roger Stone, Peter Navarro, Paul Manafort, Mike Lindell, Trump's Mar-a-Lago, just to name a few. We're subjected to hordes of armed agents descending upon their homes, some in the middle of the night. Steve Bannon told Charlie Kirk that the FBI rolled in on 35 senior members of MAGA Republican supporters of Donald Trump, saying the alleged searches were unnecessary because their targets have lawyers. He called the FBI the jack-booted Gestapo, a reference to the secret police of Nazi Germany. The FBI's history belies its motto of fidelity, bravery, and integrity. The same can now be said of the rest of the intelligence network. Think about what just happened to Mark Houck. We talked about it last week. He's a father of seven, a noted Catholic and pro-life activist. After an incident between Houck, his son, and a belligerent pro-abortionist escort at one abortion clinic, the DOJ found good reason for 30 armed agents to show up at his house and drag him away in handcuffs in front of his wife and children in the middle of the night. That didn't happen a few years ago, 10 years ago. It happened a few days ago. When both the city police and the district attorney declined to file charges against Houck for pushing that pro-abortionist away from his son, the escort, the guy, filed a private criminal complaint in Philadelphia Municipal Court. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. But guess what? The Philadelphia Municipal Court, they dismissed it. In July, when the man repeatedly didn't even show up in court. But then the FBI swooshed in. 22 members of Congress demanded answers from Attorney General Merrick Garland over the Stasi actions of the politicized FBI. Here's a good one for you. What were the other 240 Republicans in the House and Senate? Where were they? Silent, as usual. Karl Marx said this. Karl Marx, the father, the author of communism. Here's what he said, quote, The theory of communism may be summed up in one sentence. Abolish all private property. And our FBI is following his Marxist doctrine. Zero Hedge reported on September 26. Did you hear about this? The FBI misled a judge and then seized $86 million in cash from Beverly Hills safety deposit boxes in California. I'm going to break away from Kelly's story. And let me give you the skinny about what you just heard. The FBI went to the court with, oh, as always, 
just like during the uh, Russia collusion story. They get all kind of doctored dossiers, reasons to come up with something and fill out a, a form and take it to a court and get a judge to authorize these kind of things. The court's ruling expressly rejected every claim of improper conduct that happened in this raid. In fact, prosecutors and agents acted professionally and ethically during the investigation. Contrary to the assertions made by the plaintiffs and adopted by some in the media, investigators were open and honest with the court that authorized the search and seizure warrants out in L.A. This ruling demonstrates that the actions taken in relation to a business that catered to criminals were legally authorized, adhered to policy, and were conducted in full compliance with the Constitution. The FBI raided nearly 1,400 safe deposit boxes at the U.S. private vault store in Beverly Hills. So what's this all about? Well, the Feds swooped in on this particular place. They rummaged through the personal belongings of a jazz saxophone player, an interior designer, one retired doctor, two Century City lawyers, a flooring contractor, and hundreds of others just like that. They took photos of items like password lists, credit cards, prenuptial agreements, pay stubs, immigration and vaccination records, heirlooms, bank statements, and even a will. Agents even discovered cremated human remains in one of the boxes. Newly unsealed court documents have shown that FBI agents misled the judge who signed the warrant to raid the safety deposit boxes. Does it sound familiar to do it anyway that FBI agents misled the judge when they came shopping for a warrant? FBI did not disclose to the judge the fact that they planned to permanently confiscate everything inside of every box that had at least $5,000 in cash or goods. They didn't tell the judge about that. You're not going to believe what all they have today. They have. This happened a week ago. The justification for the confiscation was a presumption that hundreds of unknown box holders were storing assets that may or may not be tied to unknown crimes. Where's the proof? It took a total of five days for agents to finish filling out their evidence bag documentation. They collected more. Listen to this. They collected more than $86 million in cash, gold, silver, rare coins, gem-studded jewelry, plenty of expensive watches. The U.S. Attorney's Office tried to block public disclosure of court papers that exposed the deception, but the judge rejected the request to keep the documents sealed. This happened last week. And the report that I'm referencing as I tell you this story, it's not Fox News. It's not Newsmax. It's Microsoft News website. 
the deception originally came to light and depositions of agents in class action lawsuits by box holders who claimed the raid violated their rights. Court filings also revealed the federal agents defied restrictions put in place by U.S. Magistrate Judge Steve Kim by searching through the owner's belongings for evidence of crimes. Robert Fromer, a lawyer who is representing nearly 400 of the box holders, had this to say about the situation, and I quote the attorney Fromer, the government did not know what was in those boxes, who owned them, or what, if anything, those people had done. That's why the warrant application did not even attempt to argue there was probable cause to seize and forfeit box renter's property. This investigation had been going on for two years. The FBI LA office leaders believed the U.S. private vaults had become a magnet for criminals. They were hiding their stolen goods in their boxes. The business was formally charged with conspiracy to sell drugs and launder money. So, as you would expect, the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office did not they deny any wrongdoing, saying they had no obligation to disclose their plans for indiscriminate confiscation to the judge. They defended their actions on the blanket assumption that every customer was hiding crime-tainted assets. FBI spokeswoman Laura L. Miller said the warrants were lawfully executed based on allegations of widespread criminal wrongdoing. At no time was a magistrate misled, she said, as to the probable cause to obtain the warrants. The company U.S. Private Vaults pled guilty to conspiracy to launder drug money, and the investigation is now ongoing. Plaintiffs in the class action suit have asked District Judge R. Gary Klausner to declare the raid unconstitutional. If the judge grants the request, the FBI will force to hand over all of the assets that it confiscated in the raid. The ruling would also block any criminal investigations by preventing prosecutors from using any evidence or information acquired in the raid, including guns and drugs. So what does all of this mean? Well, you can dig down really, really, really deep and you can come up with what the FBI had to tell the judge. Oh, this is dirty. This is a company. They've got hundreds of people that are using that company for all kinds of criminal activities. And the evidence is in those vaults. The problem is, the problem is, That U.S. Constitution thing, you know, that Fourth Amendment thing, the Fourth Amendment thing, the one that James Comey, he just stamped all over, so did his follower when Comey got fired, Andrew McCabe, inside those FISA warrants against Donald Trump, and they told those FISA judges, we've got all kinds of stuff. We've got evidence out the wazoo. Same thing happened out in L.A. here. And guess what the fallout of it is today? The FBI, our FBI, the most pristine intelligence operation on the planet in world history, stole by misrepresenting to a judge. They stole 
$82 million of private property. And as of right now, we are told they have no intention of giving any of it back. 1,400 safe deposit boxes misled the judge. Every box containing at least $5,000 in cash or goods. Sean Davis. Sean Davis tweeted this, the FBI is trash. It is both a domestic terrorist organization and a criminal cartel. It should no longer be allowed to exist in what used to be a free country with laws. And Sean is right. Fourth Amendment, I referenced just a minute ago. You know what it says? I'll give it to you. And I hope that you never have to quote this to a judge after the FBI comes to your house. Quote, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, their houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath and affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So what does this tell you? Well, look over your shoulder. Less than a month ago, Mar-a-Lago. Look what happened there. Do you know... It has been thrown out in the marketplace of ideas. Donald Trump said, we don't know if the FBI planted stuff when they were there. They refused to let any of the Trump people go along with them. And apparently, we are hearing now from inside the FBI, from guess who, another whistleblower, They did plant stuff when they were in there. Miranda Devine's September 28th article in the New York Post tells a story of 30 ex-FBI agents who were standing up for the latest whistleblower, Stephen Friend. Those 30 former agents include a retired deputy assistant director, the head of counterterrorism, five SWAT team members, who have spoken out publicly in support of suspended FBI whistleblower Stephen Friend. Friend alleged that the FBI had been manipulating case file management in order to falsely inflate the threat of domestic terrorism, using unconstitutional excessive force against political dissenters. Many former agents hailed Friend, a SWAT team member, in Florida as a hero after he was punished for refusing to participate in what he regarded as unnecessarily heavy-handed SWAT raids over January 6th misdemeanors. I don't know if it ever was, but the FBI is now no longer devoid of political partisanship. As such, Whistleblowers, thankfully, have come forward against the use of SWAT teams to arrest nonviolent senior citizens and others with political opinions not currently tolerated by this administration. 
compounded by the idea that many of these cases involve misdemeanor criminal charges. Multiple times of murder, people around this nation, in at least three or four cases that we know specifically, people who have murdered in their past and do it again, they go to courts in New York City and Chicago and Philadelphia and San Francisco and Los Angeles, and they get out. Even They give out even without having to post bail. And then our FBI has perfected economic fascism. Far too many physicians, nurses, airline pilots, and federal and state employees have been forced to take the COVID inoculations or lose their jobs. Did you hear about the Coast Guard guy over this weekend? He's down in Florida doing his deal put his life on the line. There's no telling how many Floridians he saved hanging from a helicopter, grabbing and pulling them out of houses and being stranded in Ian. Biden, day before yesterday, called him and thanked him and said he is a hero and an American hero. What Biden probably didn't realize was that he was talking to and calling this man an American hero when in just a few weeks this man loses his job because of Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. It just seems like everything catches up with Joe Biden, doesn't it? Those unconstitutional mandates were totalitarian in nature have ruined faith in the medical industry, which, along with the Biden administration, the National Institutes of Health, Centers for Disease Control, FDA, AMA, medical journals, group practices, promoted masks, social distancing, lockdowns, and clot shots. Every one of those was unconstitutional and highly damaging to society, especially the middle class. And by the way, this was all planned and exposed by Dr. Richard Day in 1969. And then Dr. Lawrence Dunnigan recorded what he remembered of the lecture given by Day, and it was the New World Order plan for society, most of which is already completed. Corporate entities jumped on the bandwagon for all of it. But now... The woke propaganda fear porn spread by the alphabet agencies, it's taken a new turn. What is promoted in the codes of conduct or ethics in America's job openings is alarming and invasive. There's a link from all-time favorites. was reported by a friend because her former business used to be listed as one of their vendors, and they sent this out to their entire mailing list. She sent it so we could see it with this statement, quote, they will not hire anyone who has anything to do with anyone Trump even knows, it seems, or anyone who disagrees with vaccines or Ukraine, etc. It's crazy. 
So here is what is listed under their code of conduct. I'll just give them to you. Good moral character, ethics, honesty, and high integrity are very important to all-time favorites. You agree to abide by a code of conduct outline here while working with all-time favorites. You agree to not do business with nor show admiration or positive support for those who do not fit this code of conduct. This is not about politics, it says. Examples of those who you agree not to do events nor associate with include QAnon, Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and any business Donald J. Trump owns, runs, his family owns, or runs, or his business partners. And by the way, that would include Eric Trump's fundraising of tens of millions of dollars for St. Jude's. You know, that horrible cancer hospital that has helped thousands of American children. Their parents didn't have money. They get the best of care in cancer care for children on the planet, and none of them pay a dime. But according to this all-time favorites code of conduct, if you work with them, you can't donate to St. Jude's because of Eric Trump. And they went on. You also agree not to mass distribute nor promote false information. For example, they say, but not limited to, false information about COVID-19 and related vaccines. That the election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020 or similar. They said, our experience shows us that people who follow and support those who tell lies, bully, disrespect, and degrade others usually show us that they do not have the respect, the character, the morals, and integrity we require to serve our clients. You agree not to threaten, bully, disrespect ethnic groups or cheat others in your business transactions. And two more. Currently, due to the Ukraine invasion by Russia, you are not supporting or showing any support for Putin and those under his direction. And the final one, ATF, that's the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Bureau, does monitor social media posts and other communication to assure our code of conduct is adhered to. Patriotic Americans are not just the enemies of the Biden state, but enemies of every single vestige of society as well. (laughs) The First Amendment, which gives all Americans the liberty and freedom to freely speech about what they believe, has been squelched by the very enemies of the nation, those controlled by the Marxist-Fascist propaganda. In Thomas J. DeLorenzo's 94 article, Economic Fascism, he clearly explains what we're facing today in 2022. He states that when people hear the word fascism, they naturally think of ugly racism and the anti-Semitism practiced by the regimes of Mussolini and Hitler in World War II. Still, the reality is there, 
also an economic policy component of fascism known as corporatism, practiced by the two totalitarianism. DiLorenzo tells us that corporatism was adopted in Italy and Germany in the 1930s and was held up as a model by intellectuals and policymakers in America and Europe. A version of this fascist corporatism was adopted in the USA in the 1930s and is still around. Rather than fascism, it is called planned capitalism. The word fascism may no longer be politically acceptable, but its synonym, industrial policy, is still as popular as ever. Economist Lawrence Dennis was one of the most outspoken American fascists. In his 1936 book, The Coming American Fascism, he declared that defenders of 18th century Americanism were sure to become the laughingstock of their own countrymen. He believed that the adoption of economic fascism would actually intensify national spirit and put it behind the enterprises of public welfare and social control. He bemoaned that the stumbling block to economic fascism was liberal norms of law, constitution, guarantees of private rights. Many of those wonderful God-given rights are today being trampled underfoot not only by the totalitarian despots in charge of the once greatest country on earth, but by their corporate acolytes. That above code of conduct you heard is just one prime example. In the article, Off-Duty Conduct and Employee Rights, the author states, quote, federal anti-discrimination laws that apply to private employment do not protect political beliefs or affiliations. So what does that mean? It means your private life is not private to your employer. There are, however, questions an employer is not allowed to ask. Unfortunately, one of the questions considered unlawful is, are you a United States citizen? (laughs) You don't have to be a citizen. You can just get over the border as at least 5 million have in the last five or six years. And if you can find somebody to hire you, First of all, most employers won't ask you if you're a citizen, which is illegal, by the way. I didn't see any protesters involved at the Antifa or Black Lives Matter riots in 2020 losing their employment, did you? In fact, Team Biden and his apparatus encouraged street demonstrations that might spiral out of control, and nearly every one of them did. Now, we're almost through with this, but let's talk about the whistleblower, Edward Snowden. Remember him? And Daniel Ellsberg's nine-year-old Guardian article, Edward Snowden, Saving Us from United Stasi of America, he called Edward Snowden's whistleblowing a chance to roll back what is tantamount to an executive coup against the U.S. Constitution. He also believed that we had not yet become a police state, although another tragedy like that of 9-11 would push us over the brink. I believe we've reached that point in as much as the entire C-19 project against Americans, including the mandated inoculations, have thrown us into that authoritarian camp. 
the dangerous abyss that Idaho Senator Frank Church warned of years ago, we're living it right now. The dangerous prospect of what she warned was that America's intelligence gathering capability, which is, you got to admit, today beyond any comparison with what existed in pre-digital era in which Frank Church lived, at any time could be turned around on the American people, no American would have any privacy. Ellsberg states, that has now happened. That is what Snowden exposed with official secret documents. With the new digital technology, the NSA, the FBI, and CIA have surveillance powers over our citizens that the Stasi, the secret police in the former Democratic Republic of East Germany, could scarcely have dreamed of. Snowden reveals that the so-called intelligence community has become the United Stasi of America. Snowden did what he did because he recognized the NSA surveillance programs for what they are, dangerous, unconstitutional activity. This wholesale invasion of Americans and foreign citizens' privacy does not contribute to our security it puts the very liberties we're trying to protect, puts them in danger. Aside from our employment, our private lives are only one faction of the encroaching takeover of America by those who have long promoted the New World Order, now called the Great Reset, which is nothing more than the United Nations Agenda 21-30. Write that down if you want to go look it up. United Nations Agenda, the number 21 slash 30. You need to look it up. In the last few years, Americans have seen our healthcare system's despotic and repressive disruption. Dr. Richard Day's lecture of 1969 entitled The New Order of Barbarians told us the plan in 1969. And that dark agenda, we're living in it right now. So what's ahead? Kelly says that we're going to study the Stasi control of our health care, which was once ranked among the world's healthiest populations back in 1984. But in 2021, a study by the Commonwealth Fund ranked America's health care system dead last among industrialized nations with the highest infant mortality and lowest life expectancy. In the 38 years between 1984 and 2022, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been the catalyst of healthcare desolation. That's the article that is published today on the front page of truthnewsnet.org titled The Stasi Actions of the Politicized Department of justice. And oh, by the way, I just thought I'd throw this in as we go out the door on this particular segment of the show. The National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases Director, the Dr. Anthony Fauci, he made out like a bandit during COVID-19's pandemic, nearly doubling his net worth when millions of Americans were struggling to put food on the table. According to Open 
the books, it's a watchdog group, Fauci and his wife saw a $5 million net worth growth, expanding from $7.5 million in 2019 to $12.6 million by the end of 2021. Fauci has been a government bureaucrat for more than 55 years. He is the highest paid American uh, government employee. I got to be honest with you, he didn't get all his millions from being a government employee. You can book it. Fauci's soaring net worth was based on career end salary spiking, lucrative cash prizes awarded by nonprofit organizations around the world, and an ever larger investment portfolio. He makes $456,000 in 21 from you and I, $480,000 in 2022. That's just his paycheck out earning the president, the vice president, and about 4.3 million other federal bureaucrats. So while tens of thousands of Americans died because of Fauci's edicts that he gave to us, many of which he denies that he did, Anthony Fauci, he's been around for 55 years in the public eye. He doesn't remember when YouTube was established. From that point forward, anything and everything he or anybody in government says is recorded for posterity. I predict that Fauci's wrongdoing, which is plentiful and documented, if In fact, I'll promise you this. If the Republicans take the House, Dr. Fauci will be one of the first people that is going to get stewed in House of Representative committee hearings when he is under oath and asked questions that if he wants to get out of answering it, the only way he can is by taking the Fifth Amendment. If that happens, he'll end up with criminal indictments and be forced to either speak or go to jail. We can't send Fauci to jail. He's been an employee of you and me for 55 years, and he's an old man. Just remember this. It is unquestionable. We have given you a plethora of facts to justify what I'm about to tell you. Dr. Fauci's words, his edicts, the speeches that he's made denigrating anybody in medical America and medical operations around the world that disagrees with him or blobs don't have any idea what they're saying. Thousands of Americans have died because of Anthony Fauci and things that he has said and told us to do and things that he has told us not to do. On his own, and he didn't have the authority to do this, but he did it and nobody questioned it. When they started coming up with the hospital-mandated treatment for every inpatient COVID-19 patient, he mandated that everybody that tested positive and was checked into a hospital and being treated for covid would be given one drug, one drug only, remdesivir. By the way, remdesivir 
is owned by Moderna. Guess who has a financial interest in Moderna? And what, by the way, does remdesivir do that's so bad? It causes severe kidney failure. And that's documented. That's not my thought, my idea, or my assertion. It is a medical fact. He hid the one clinical trial that he supervised before remdesivir was approved by the FDI. And by the way, the FDA, the FDA approved it because Fauci pushed it so hard. There were a handful of people that were included in that one clinical trial. Can you believe that? A handful. A handful. And millions of people around the world have been treated with rounds of remdesivir and tens of thousands have died because of remdesivir and it destroying their kidneys. And Fauci knew about it and he hid it. Wow. Make sure. Make sure you read the story, the front page story, at truthnewsnet.org today. And don't just think about it. Read it. The Stasi actions of the politicized Department of Justice. And by all means, share it. Share it with everybody you know and tell them, you got to read this. This is documented facts. And everything that I gave to you from the story I just read to you, most of it read to you, it's got hyperlinks that you could go look at the exact sources. Kelly Nelson does that. I do it some, but I'm not nearly as as good as she is at providing those hyperlink sources. You especially need to know the facts. And every person you love needs those as well. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gopperts from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. (gasps) We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. Fat wallets are very in right now. 
Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. When a governor can tell a president, no rally in my state, it's time for some definitive truth. Here with the goods, again, Dan Newman. Let me give you um, just a, a couple of examples showing that we are headed towards totalitarianism, authoritarianism. In many ways, we're already there. Um, you do realize an authoritarian is someone in government that seizes control and controls everything, everything, authority. The root word is author. This person creates the environment, and it doesn't matter if you agree with it, if you like it or not. This person seizes power that is sufficient to make whatever you think or, or anybody else think insignificant. It doesn't matter. You do understand that our United States president has totally destroyed enforcement of a plethora of federal laws. Can you imagine what these on the left would have done if Donald Trump had done that while he was president, that he just reached out and picked, oh, five or six or seven or eight or 10 or 20 laws that he didn't like And he told everybody in his administration, don't enforce them. Do you understand what that is? That's not just impeachable. It's treason. Now, we haven't had anybody convicted of treason since, I think, the 1920s when that couple was executed because they were stealing U.S. secrets and giving them to Germany and Russia. I forget their names, but they were hanged for treason. Biden is doing those things every day. Now, let me let me just tell you what's going to happen. We've got a lot of people listening right now, but after this show is over, it goes live as a podcast at Spotify Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio Podcast, even Amazon Music Podcast, Stitcher. Tune in. There will be tens of thousands of people that will have their hands on what we're covering here today. And I'm going to get some fallout about it. Well, Dan, you may get censored. YouTube might pull you down. Or Facebook or Twitter may pull you down. They can't. First of all, they can have my Facebook page if they want it. Those of you that know me, as I've, I read a lot. I see what people are saying out there. I have close to 5,000 friends, followers, but it's not that big a deal. That is not our messaging venue. Our messaging venue is what you're hearing right now and what you read when you read Truth News Network, truthnewsnet.org, stories that are published there. There's nobody out there. We don't use YouTube. We don't use Google. We don't use Facebook. We don't use Twitter. You get our stuff because there's internet. As long as there's internet, this show 
and this website will go on and be able to disseminate stories and information to anybody that wants to look in or listen in. Joe Biden is the epitome of what Adolf Hitler was in the 30s. This is before World War II. But when he was amassing power, I don't think Joe Biden is amassing power for himself. I think he's the lead man for creating and opening up a hole, which is on the other side of this hole is a whole environment, an entire world of authoritarianism, of totalitarianism. And Joe Biden is the front man that's taking us through it. He's expendable. If Republicans take the House and the Senate, or even if they just get the House, Joe Biden, he's going to fight for his life because he's going to be attacked mercilessly. But it will be justly so. But make no mistake about it, what you're seeing play out now, what you heard about the FBI raid of those lockboxes in Los Angeles, oh, we had a warrant, but they lied to get the warrant, and then nobody has an idea of what and how much of what was in those lockboxes will be whatever they want to do with it. $86 million worth. I think my thought process about this president changed forever when I watched him walk out and give that Thursday night speech. Remember that one where the whole background, the setting was a dark red, very dark, and had those two American flags behind him on the side, but at each one there was a Marine posted. Who does that? Who does that unless it's somebody that wants to make themselves look very powerful and foreboding for anybody that's watching watching and listening? Do you remember what he said, some of the things he said that night? Like this, quote, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Well, what happened? We're told all the time, when somebody publicly speaks, they're not speaking into a vacuum. I'm sitting in front of a microphone in my studio, and I'm speaking, no lie, I'm speaking to 92 different nations, people that live there. This show is distributed in 92 total countries on the planet. Words have consequences. Often, people hear what they hear and something just explodes in their hearts and minds. And they jump to action. Several instances of political violence, many with victims supporting conservative causes have occurred since Biden, in that speech, he warned of the alleged threat that supporters of former President Trump posed to the country, including attacks on any abortion activist and political canvassers and the murder of one 18-year-old North Dakota young man. 
And it's because of what he said. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. And in the days that were leading up to that speech on that Thursday, Biden said that MAGA Republicans embrace political violence and their entire philosophy is almost like semi-fascism. In the weeks following his comments, several instances of political violence have taken place. One elderly woman in her 80s was shot in Michigan as she was canvassing in support of a right-to-life group. That happened last week. Michigan State Police said that the elderly woman was shot after a verbal altercation while she was passing out pamphlets. Another violent incident occurred in Texas when two volunteers on Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott's re-election campaign were assaulted while knocking on doors in a Houston suburb. A suspect chased the two volunteers through a neighborhood in Humble, Texas, ripped off the side view mirrors of the car they were in while trying to pull them out of their vehicle. Political violence is never acceptable. Well, it is, folks. According to our U.S. Constitution, it's protected. But when whoever is in power and has the responsibility to make sure that anybody participates in political violence is prosecuted under the laws of the land, when that never happens, there is no government. There is no justice. It doesn't matter how many laws you have on the books in your Constitution in your state charter, in your local government written laws. None of it counts if nobody's going to enforce it. Multiple reports of GOP offices being vandalized have also been reported, including the offices of the Larimer County Republican Party in Fort Collins, Colorado, and the Ottawa County Republican Party in Hudsonville, Michigan. We came out and found that all of the signs had been hacked to pieces. Our building had been vandalized. Our permanent sign on the outside of the building had been torn up. That's Keith Den Hollander, the interim chairman and vice chairman for Ottawa County GOP, said about the vandalism incident over the weekend, really disappointed to see this. A GOP office in Seminole County, Florida, was vandalized in graffiti with the phrase EAT, S-H-I-T, fascist, days after Biden called MAGA Republicans semi-fascist. Weeks later, a Democrat office in Seminole County was also vandalized with the word Nazi written in graffiti. Last week, WJB-TV reported that a pregnancy center in Oakland County, Michigan, was vandalized with the message, if abortion is not safe, neither are you, which represents the second time this year the building has been targeted with authorities investigating whether the leftist pro-abortion group Jane's Revenge is linked to the crime. Here's what I challenge anybody that's listening today. Here's what I challenge you to do. Would you send me with a, a link for a source of what you're sending me, I want to be able to verify it. Send me a story and a link for every conservative operation that has done anything illegal. 
in demonstration or in any way going after anybody with a differing political perspective. I'll publish them, every one of them, if they're real. And I will tell you this, I'll report on every one of them if they're not real, if there aren't facts to back it up. And while all of this is going on, our economy is going down the tube. People are fighting to have food to eat because it's so darn expensive, and that's only if they can find it, and it's not getting any better. Later in the show, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on that is going to drive cost of everything you buy. Nobody's talking about it. Oh, we've heard we've got a supply chain issue. But we're told by this administration, we've got it under control. Not only do they not have it under control, it's going absolutely crazy through the roof. It's far worse than you thought it was. What are we supposed to do? We're just supposed to be good little people and let Biden pat us on the head and say, you you just go sit down and shut up. We're going to take care of this. You know, there are so many, there are so many oddities, so many dilemmas, so many gross examples of wrongdoing that we could, we could stay on the air 24 seven sharing them with you. And sadly, and listen, I appreciate every one of you that are listening. I treasure your support. You're keeping us going out there with that. But sometimes it gets really tiring just trying to keep up with everything going on. You know what happened over the weekend when Friday, I mentioned it a minute ago, Biden personally called to thank that Coast Guard rescue swimmer, called to thank him for saving people's lives during Hurricane Ian. And, of course, the White House, as they always do, they publicize the call in a press release. Biden himself bragged about calling him. The guy's name is Zach Lesh. Biden said, I told him how proud of him I was and thanked him for all the work he and his coasties, that's Coast Guard workers, are doing to save lives. Nobody told Biden that his unilateral authoritarian vaccination edict, Biden's, is putting Zach Lesh, a lifer, a guy in the EMS industry, there is no telling how many other people he's saved, but he puts his life on the line every day. Nothing negative, nothing bad ever happens. Biden's putting him on the beach. He's losing not just his job, he's losing his career because he'll be banned in the EMS community around the the nation for doing this. The White House press release said he thanked Lesh and Lieutenant Commander Christopher Hooper for the heroic work that they and their Coast Guard colleagues have performed during search and rescue operations in response to Hurricane Ian. They're just so good. Well, they're really not good at it at all. They're really bad at messaging. The Biden administration, one of the worst I've ever been exposed to. But anyway, whenever they get something together, they will only talk about it if it makes them sound good. Doesn't have to be good. In many cases, most cases, it's not. If it sounds good, they're going to tout it. And facts don't matter. 
It's just the political perspective there. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We talked about the FBI and scandals there. You remember Carter Page? Carter Page was the guy, the very first one that got popped in the Russia collusion story. And he was painted as a minion of the Trump administration that was directly tied to Russia and to Russians. It was a very elaborately created and put together story that the FBI took to the FISA court, to a FISA judge, and painted a picture. We've got to put spies in the Trump campaign because they're colluding with Russia to get Donald Trump elected president. They lied in writing. None of the FBI people that have done that have been held accountable. It's a felony violation to present information on a FISA warrant, a federal court, that's not true. And they did it three times. James Comey. Nothing happened. Carter Page. His life is destroyed by what happened there. But there's news from Carter Page. This does go back to to Robert Mueller and and to Jim Comey and the things that we've seen. Um, look, in in 2018, as you as you well have covered, Maria, you know Republicans in in charge of the House of Representatives raised questions about whether the FBI was illegally surveilling the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. Wrote a memo called the Nunes Memo that was met with scorn and derision from the That's FBI, right. from from the media. But when it ultimately was declassified, it was it was found out that there were not any threats to national security in that. The reason that the FBI didn't want that to go public was because it was embarrassing. Well, that was the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, on this program last week on the illegal surveillance of the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency during the Russia collusion lie and the abuse uh, to the FISA court. It is one of a number of instances recently. Critics have pointed to a two-tiered system of justice at the DOJ and the FBI, including FBI whistleblowers who have spoken out about political bias, according to Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. During the 2016 presidential campaign, former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page was spied on by the FBI for an entire year with no charges ever brought against him. The DOJ later admitted that two of the FISA warrants used against Page were not valid and that the Justice Department lacked the actual probable cause to surveil Page in the first place. Now Page is suing the DOJ and the FBI for damages over their surveillance. In a new filing, Page says new evidence has come to light during the criminal case of Igor Denshenko. He is the subsource of the Steele dossier, accused of lying about the credibility of his sources, when his primary source was actually a Democrat operative tied to Hillary Clinton. We now know that the FBI was paying Danchenko from March of 2017 to October of 2020. He was on their payroll. Joining me right now this morning with this breaking news is the former Trump campaign advisor himself, Carter Page. Carter, thanks very much for being here. You have had an incredible several years. Give us your sense of this new motion that you have filed indicating this new information You have filed a motion to alter or amend the judgment, which was filed this weekend in the FISA abuse case uh, in D.C. Maria, listen, it is the same fight that 
all of the uh, the members of uh, the Republican members of Congress, the Trump administration, and mi uh, millions of Americans across the country have been asking for and fighting over the last five plus years. All we want is a truth. Unfortunately, I was litigating my FISA abuse case, which actually stemmed from the Inspector General's uh, Inspector General Horowitz's report out of 2019. And we were litigating it, and unfortunately, you know, it was dismissed, but it was based on all of the lies that the government has been pleading. And unfortunately for them, literally the same day that my, uh, my lawsuit was dismissed on September 1st, they look to seal and even, you know, keep covered up the same lies that they've been covered up with regards to Denchenko. Then uh, a couple weeks later, they go ahead and declassify that after the damage had already been done. And after, unfortunately, not only the FISA court was uh, similar to the fact that that was defrauded, unfortunately, the U.S. Uh, District Court in Washington was also defrauded with this false information. They do not have the truth. And, you know, we've been working with this completely unjust system based on complete lies for literally five plus years already. We're looking at the timeline, your suit, Page versus Comey, U.S. versus Danchenko, and we see uh, the uh, uh, unsealing of that. And that is when we learned that Igor Danchenko was actually on the payroll of the FBI. So why was the FBI paying Danchenko from uh, March of 2017 all the way until October 2020? And why do you believe that information could be a game changer to overturn the dismissal of your lawsuit? Maria, because it represents complete fraud. And it also represents, you know, there's been a lot of prosecution in terms of lying to Congress, lying to the federal government. Unfortunately, this is exactly what DOJ and other uh, operatives in Washington have been doing for years in terms of part of this cover-up. So this is finally, you know, unfortunately for both the judge in my case and, you know, the credibility of our justice system and the district court in Washington, I mean, it's just proven to be a complete sham. So this seems like it should be, again, there's, you know, there's a lot of questions in terms of our justice system right now, but this seems to be a very solid basis for reopening this case and actually getting to the truth, exactly as you and uh, so many leaders in Congress have been looking to do and have been working so hard to do over the course of the last five plus years. Well, we've been following this uh, very closely and knew that this was a lie many years ago in terms of Trump uh, colluding with Russia. But I want to ask you about what you've endured, Carter, because your life was turned upside down. The FBI wanted to spy on the Trump campaign. They uh, used you as part of that by surveilling you. What did that mean? That mean your emails, your text messages, your phone calls. You were getting death threats. Uh, you were moving uh, to different hotels so that you wouldn't get harassed and, and get death threats. Tell me about how your life was upended uh, as a result of the FBI's pursuit of uh, surveilling the Trump campaign. Well, it's amazing, Maria. It's actually a continuation of what we see right to this very day. During the summer of 2017, after that Judge Deary approved my final FISA warrant in June of 2017, and as was subsequently declassified, 
uh, from the Horowitz report, you know, there's a number of footnotes, right? The fact that, uh, you know, they were illegally um, breaking into my residences and taking uh, unauthorized photos of, of my personal belongings. For example, July 13th, you know, they talked about in footnote 379, which then, uh, of course, uh, Senator Grassley had to get declassified. You know, I'm in uh, Doubletree, Princeton, uh, July 29th, I'm in the Doubletree Norwalk Hotel. You know, I, trying to protect my life when I'm getting death threats across the country, you know, hiding out in various places. Meanwhile, the FBI is breaking and entering into my, into my uh, you know, temporary residences since I'm an international fugitive at this point. And meanwhile, at the very same time, they're also paying this guy who was involved in the Russia hoax and helped start the Russia hoax. And, and we should, uh, with we should point out, Carter, that you were, quote unquote, an asset of the CIA before any of this took place. In other words, you were actually assisting the CIA in taking down bad guys. And when a lawyer at the FBI was asked, well, was Carter Page working with any other agency? He actually doctored a, a document and said no when he knew otherwise. He is Kevin Kleinsmith. He got a slap on the wrist. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I, I, unfortunately, he was also one of my uh, defendants in the uh, in this pending case in Washington. And, you know, he was let off in a, in a civil suit as well. Again, you know, based on a foundation of complete lies, which the, uh, the government had pled and so yeah. many other of the, you know, co-defendants, you know, private uh, individual actors within the government had pled as well. And, you know, now it's been completely overturned and shown, you know, that it's, again, complete lies and just a total cover up. When the government makes all the rules, and I'm talking about the government itself, I'm not talking about the people of the United States, when the government makes all the rules and then determines which rules they're going to enforce, which ones they are not, and then if there's nobody to hold the government accountable for breaking the rules themselves, what is that called? It's called a banana republic. It's a country that isn't a country. It has, we have no borders. And apparently, according to the Biden administration and the FBI and the uh, multiple agencies in our intelligence community that are out there operating, there is no telling what's going on out there. But one thing is for sure. We have no way of controlling anything that our government does. Why? Because our government doesn't abide by the laws that they want to make us abide by. And there's no accountability when they don't. We're going to take our second break. When we come back, I want to, I want to give you another example of this about the January 6th stuff. I, you will listen to and hear somebody from the FBI that is questioned by a member of Congress. And this guy, who was a lifer and a specialist and the head of one division of the FBI, and the congressman is asking specific questions about something that happened on his watch. You are not going to believe. Well, maybe you will believe. But it's still crazy that this is happening here. Real truth. Real news. TNN. 
the Truth News Network. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing. Excuse me, are your parents in there? Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice. But they've been in there for six hours. I want dinner. Parents, if you're at Pilgrim, please make a decision. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, cause I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounded with cheese, 10 piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish, and get another for just a dollar. Ba da ba ba ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. New home ownership can be a real eye opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from the Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Well, while we're looking at the FBI wrongdoing and how it's impacting Americans, everyday Americans, not just people in our government that are working, but people like you and me and uh, the gentleman who was raided last week just for standing up at a pro-abortion clinic, he and his son were just passing out information, pamphlets, and this guy accosted this pro-abortion, pro-life leader's son, shoved him. The father stepped in, and this pro-abortion guy called an escort, reported it locally. Local authorities did nothing with it. But the FBI stepped in, and they raided his house. In the middle of the night, 22 FBI agents. Does that sound familiar? Representative Massey from Kentucky in a hearing last week visited regarding one person, one person that was actually verifiably identified as being a ringleader caught on video that was published on air around the world. Ray Epps. Ray Epps just suddenly disappeared. So Representative Massey has one of the leaders of the FBI in front of this committee hearing. Yeah, you listen in. Draw your own conclusion. We have a, we have a video to show if we could start that. Get back tomorrow. I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, 
We need to go, I'll say it, we need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Well, there you have it. This is the only person that we have on video before the events on January 6th saying, go into the Capitol, go into the Capitol. He says, I'll probably go to jail for this. I'll probably be arrested. He knew what he was saying. And what's, what strikes all of us on this side of the aisle as just incredible is the lack of curiosity on the other side of the aisle. They want to get to the bottom of this. They claim that somebody planned it. You've got somebody here the day before planning it, somebody the day of directing hundreds of people where to go and then being present at the very first breach of that outer perimeter, the first bike rack that went over, he's whispering in somebody's ear. Well, the FBI knew this was somebody to investigate, and they made him number 16 on their most wanted list, number 16. But on, by July, without explanation, they took his name off of the, and his picture off of their website. So what, what this resolution about is about is getting information. What information does the federal government have? I've asked Merrick Garland this. I asked him in the committee almost a year ago. By the way, he's had a year to, to clear this up, and he hasn't done it. How many agents or assets of the federal government were present on January 5th and January 6th and agitating to go into the Capitol? Here are the kind of things that we need to get. The Epic Times reported that Epps said in an interview with the FBI, I was afraid they were going to set off an explosion on one of the side streets, Epps said in an interview. Why don't we have that interview? Why have none of us heard that interview? And this is the only man who had a premonition that there were gonna be pipe bombs on January 6th, and then we find pipe bombs, one of them at the DNC, where Kamala Harris, Vice President-elect, Senator Kamala Harris was taken to the DNC, allegedly, while this pipe bomb was there. The Secret Service swept the area and they, they found nothing, they put her there. Later, they find the pipe bomb. How did Ray Epps know that there were gonna be pipe bombs? Also, the other thing that we need to know, and this is, comes from a New York Times article, Mr. Epps also said he regretted sending a text to his nephew well after the violence had erupted in which he discussed how he helped to orchestrate the movements of people 
who were leaving Trump's speech near the White House by pointing them in the direction of the Capitol. Why don't we have that text? Does the FBI have the text? Does the New York Times have the text? Why are we getting Mr. Pillow's guy's phone and not Mr. Epps' guy's, or, or Mr. Let's go into the Capitol guy's phone? Why is there no interest on the other side of the aisle in finding these things out? This is all we're asking for. This is all the resolution does. It says to the president and to Merrick Garland, give us this information. Now, the January 6th committee allegedly interviewed him. They said they would release the transcript of that interview. They did not. They have not released it. A staffer released a carefully worded statement proclaiming his innocence. Yet we, have, we don't know if he was under oath. We don't know if he really said it. Gentlemen. Thank the gentleman from Texas. And um, I want to talk about what a, a senator from Texas said in a hearing and the response that was given to him by the assistant executive director of the FBI. During a Senate hearing on January 11th, 2022, Senator Ted Cruz asked then FBI assistant executive director Jill Sanborn, did federal agents or those in service of federal agents actively encourage violent and criminal conduct on January 6th? In response, Sanborn stated, not to my knowledge, sir. Senator Cruz then asked, was Ray Epps a Fed? And Sanborn responded by saying, sir, I cannot answer that question. This was January 11th. If, if the reason she couldn't answer that question is she did not know, she's had nine months to answer that question. Merrick Garland has had almost 12 months to answer the question I posed to him. And he saw the same video that I just showed here. Now, our, our chairman today said that these theories have been thoroughly debunked and they're easily proven false. Well, it's easily proven false if they would release this information, if the federal government would tell us, point blank, no uncertain terms, under oath, not, not some staffer, not some, not some statement released on some hearsay, not by leaking it to the New York Times, not by trying to soften the blow by putting things out in the press, just come here and tell us. And in the chances they've had to come here and tell us, they haven't told us. And that is why the resolution is necessary. We need to know about this person because it just defies logic that he would be not a person of interest to the FBI or to the Democrats, since he's the one who had the premonition of the pipe bombs on the side streets which by the way, did show up, which by the way, we don't know how they got there. They're still trying to figure that out. And you would think if a pipe bomb at the DNC that was foreseen by this man, Mr. Ray Epps, you would think that that would be of interest to Democrats. And, I, and I'm a loss, at a loss to understand why not. And I yield back to the gentleman from Texas. It's unconscionable that this continues to go on. Do you see a common thread that runs through all of this, through the elements of the story that was written and we published today at truthnewsnet.org, Kelly Nelson talking about specific incidences that involved the FBI just blowing through the rule of law themselves, giving no conscience, no consideration don't even care about the rights of the American people, and they're just 
acting as thugs going after American citizens using the power of the government to overwhelm everyday citizens who may be alleged to have done something wrong, something illegal, but walking all over the Constitution and the rights that are guaranteed in our Constitution, not just for American citizens, but for every person in the United States that guarantees everyone you are innocent until proven guilty. And this Department of Justice, do you realize Merrick Garland almost became a United States Supreme Court justice? when Barack Obama at the end of his second term. Can you imagine having a guy this feckless, this mind-boggled guy that can't do anything other than do what somebody is telling him to do to put their feet down, their boots down on the necks of anybody that disagrees with their authoritarian views that they're rolling out every day? very quietly, rolling something new out there to take more control of the American people. It's hard to believe that this is happening. I know you feel the same way. But it is happening, folks. And it's only going to get worse if there's no account. If your kid continually steals stuff, that goes into your bedroom, gets in your valet or your purse, and steal stuff, and you find out about it, you may catch the kid doing it. And you never, never hold the kid accountable for what he or she is doing. What are they going to do? They're going to keep on trucking. Probably because of human nature, they'll start doing more and getting away with more because they know you're not going to hold them accountable. Same thing holds true on a much larger scale. Throughout world history since there have been people integrating with other people those same things function and it works this way if you hold them accountable they'll stop doing it if you don't they'll keep on doing it keep on keeping on doing it well Biden administration Joe Biden this president He's all into spending money that he doesn't have. It's not his in the first place. Belongs to the American people, and it's money that we'll never see. And if we ever did see it, it would be snatched up to pay off our debts as a nation. And in the middle of it all, Joe Biden unconstitutionally makes declarations for political brownie points for his compadres that are running for election and re-election in five weeks in the midterms. He promises to cancel student debt. And you just thought you heard it all. There's more that very quietly leaked out over the weekend. That's next. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for, only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Square Packages, the packaging specialists, are proud to present a box on both your houses. The untold story of the invention of the box and the family rivalry that nearly destroyed it. It's a tale about opening your heart, finding acceptance, and inventing the most efficient means of shipping and packaging that mankind has ever known. Proving that to find what's in your soul, you have to look outside the box and into another box, which is a house, your home. And that truly is the greatest box of all. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 for this once-in-a-week-time television event, A Box on Both Your Houses, presented by Square Packages, the packaging specialists. You're fighting back the tsunami of ignorance with Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. I honestly think ignorance, and I'm not talking about people that... uh, are doing things and they're stupid. They don't understand what they're doing or why they're doing it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all of those things that are going on around us that many of us are digging through and finding, and we're talking about them just like we are today on this show. But there is a huge segment of the United States population that doesn't hear, or if they hear, they don't process or think about any of this. They just keep whistling, walking down the street in their lives. No idea what's going on, good or bad, and they really don't care because they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. That's a scary situation. That's, to me, the illustration of what many people talk about people like that, and they just call them sheeple. They'll follow anybody. They don't give a rip about facts or truth. They just don't want to be bothered. They want to go about their way doing their stuff, never thinking about what might happen if they don't wake up and get involved. So Joe Biden put out this grandiose idea he's going to cancel all this student debt. The only arguments about any of this from the bulk of the uh, people on the other side, the left, are... The dollar amount, oh, it's got to be, it can't go over this amount or whatever. And they're arguing about the numbers. But then it comes out, the president can't constitutionally cancel federal debt. And as you heard Mike Johnson, Congressman Mike Johnson on the show a week ago, he said the suit's already written to file against Joe Biden the day he rolls this out formally and starts actually forgiving debt. Well, over the weekend, very quietly, apparently they made some changes to that concept. Lisa Booth, Fox News, they started a new program on Sundays uh, with a group of panel, and it's a good panel. I heard it for the first time this weekend, and they addressed this, and I thought it was significant for you to hear. So let's weigh in. You listen to this meeting that happened 
on Fox News yesterday about the changes Joe's made to his student debt forgiveness. So the White House quietly reversed its student loan program rules, saying borrowers with federal loans issued and managed by private banks now no longer qualify for forgiveness. This comes as at least six states are suing the Biden administration over its forgiveness program. I put that in quotes because obviously it's a heist. But Joe Biden is doubling down. We can afford to cancel $10,000 in student debt and 20000 bucks if you had a Pell Grant. For America's making under 125 grand. I don't want to hear a word from those members of Congress, if you notice, whose families got tens of thousands of dollars and several million dollars in pandemic relief loan forgiveness. The same ones criticizing. Give me a break. Come on. <laughs> Raymond, give me a break. Come on. But, you know, I, I think this is a mistake because ultimately you're going to have more people peeved off that they're going to have to pay for other people for getting terrible degrees that they're never going to be able to pay off than those who are receiving the benefits. So I think it was a mistake. What say you? Well, it, it is a mistake. I mean, that's why all of these states are suing him. First of all, he doesn't have the executive authority to do this. He's not the purse strings. That's Congress's job. So to just wave away this debt now uh, and then the changing rules that's an admission that he knows. They all, the White House knows it went too far. I mean, th th these rules are contracting faster than Army Hammer's dating pool. I mean, it's, wow. it's vanishing, okay? <laughs> and, and, and it, but they're invoking something called the HEROES Act. This is what they're hanging this entire loan forgiveness on. It was a 2003 act, and it allows the Secretary of Education to waive or reform certain student aid programs. The federal government should be out of this entirely. And, and frankly, I'm not I don't mean to grind on the Republicans today, but I will. The, the, sec, the education. Who did you wrong, Raymond? I, well, somebody <laughs> did. They should be melting down these federal agencies. That's what they should be calling yep. for. And, and the, the, the education department is a classic example because this kind of mischief is what ensues when the president has so much dominion. Some of that land has to contract for well, Biden and any other executive. Totally agree with you. We need to get rid of a lot of agencies. You know, Anita, now there's 770,000 people where they're like, yeah, just kidding. Yeah. That's, how does that go over? <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Just add them to the group of people who are mad that they, the ones who already paid their student loans back, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have a whole lot of very upset people. But just back to the Department of Education for one minute. So the lawsuit states that the Department of Education is required under the law to collect the balance of these loans right and so the question is does the president have the authority to override it they say no and the biden administration says yes they do i, I think this is going to be very interesting well and he already said pandemic over and it's premised on the fact right. there's a national emergency yeah, that's exactly okay. right. all right jimmy i saved this one for you come on so bring us home all right so there's also another major reversal from democrats nancy pelosi yanked a bill that would have limited how members of congress can trade the stock market i wonder why yeah. listen what she's saying is she's criticizing the failure to bring it up. For well, they have to have the votes to bring it up. You don't think you have the votes? Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll work to have the We don't go from one day to the next. Uh, but I think we should have legislation.
I mean, her husband's yeah. been caught. I was, you know? was going to say. When, I mean, well, when, but, so the New York Times also found that nearly 20 percent of members of Congress reported trades in companies that are influenced uh, by their committees. Yep. So what say you, you go well, on? To friend. be clear, when she said we don't have the votes, she meant at her dinner table. <laughs> we don't have the votes. We took a poll when we were passing the mashed potatoes. And he has extra time to day trade now that he doesn't have a license these days. So she definitely doesn't want to see this thing happen. But every American, every American thinks this is a scam. And we start with this just basic fact. These people make $170,000 a year. Somehow they're worth 40 or 50 million bucks. I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? How do we have 87,000 IRS agents to look at my taxi driving receipts from 2012, but we don't go after all of these congressmen getting rich? That's the scam. Well, I love how Pelosi's now saying they don't have the time to read the bill. Yeah. Well, oh, if you really? didn't let them proxy vote, yeah. maybe they'd have the time to come into the office. And they never have the time. Obamacare, the inflation the the bill. It's 90,000 pages you get it the night before, usually under a fake name, like we like puppies. And then you read it and it's well, like some climate thing. They're too busy uh, vacationing in France yep. and then lying about, well, who was the, uh, Cynthia, or Nick, Cynthia Ackney. Uh, Ackney. 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 Thank, Representative you. Thank you. All right. Good, good discussion, guys. That, I would have thought um, six months ago, maybe a year ago, all those little bitty comments they're about very important issues, no question about it. But I would have thought today we would have put a lot of that to bed. It would be behind us, be resolved. It's not. And the reason it's not is because those in D.C. don't have to resolve anything. They keep pushing it out, pushing it out, pushing it out. And there are so many more important things in life than this student debt forgiveness stuff. I, don't get me started talking about student debt. I believe in paying debts. And I think everybody ought to pay their debts. I do. I really think there is no way to get around them. Unless, of course, there's some catastrophic thing that happens in a business or a personal. And those should be the rare exception. But it's become commonplace from our government all the way down to the populace. Just if you don't like it, ignore it. It'll go away. Act like it doesn't exist. Well, of course, that's not the facts. Things aren't going to go away no matter how we ignore them. And let me tell you something that's floating around out there on the periphery of life today in our economy. Ocean carriers. Ocean carriers. Those companies that own those big ships are canceling dozens of sailings on the world's busiest routes during what is normally their peak season. I mean, the ramp up to Christmas. The latest sign of the economic whiplash hitting companies as inflation waves on global trade and consumer spending. Now listen to this. The October cancellations of these freight shippings are a sharp reversal from just a couple of months ago when scarce shipping space push freight rates even higher and carriers' profits to records levels. Last October, companies like Walmart, Home Depot, were chartering their own ships to get around bottlenecks from COVID-19 pandemic issues at ports to meet a surge in demand for their imported pro products. Trans-Pacific shipping rates have plummeted 75% from just a year ago levels. This entire industry, the transportation industry, is grappling with weaker demand, 
Big retailers are canceling orders. Vendors step up efforts to cut inventories. FedEx recently said it's going to cancel flights and park cargo planes. Why? Because of a sharp drop in shipping volumes. On Thursday of last week, Nike said it's sitting on 65% more inventory in North America than a year ago. And they're going to have to resort to big-time markdowns. The erosion in global economic conditions, from the war in Ukraine to factory shutdowns in China, have dealt heavy blows to trade activity. The International Monetary Fund has cut its forecast for global growth in gross domestic product multiple times this year. Consumer prices are rising at the fastest rates in years here in the U.S., countries in Europe, and other parts of the world. So, one response to the melting demand, reduce sailing trips. In September, container capacity offered by ship operators in the Pacific was down 13%, dropping the equivalent of 21 ships that can each move 8,000 containers in a single voyage from a year ago. For the two weeks starting October 3rd, a total of about 40 scheduled sailings to the U.S. West Coast from Asia 21 sailings to the East Coast from Asia have been scrapped. According to the data companies as well as customer advisories viewed by the Wall Street Journal, typically at this time of year, an average of two to four sailings a week are blanked, the industry's term for canceling sailings. Carriers are increasing canceling trips along key Asia to Europe routes too, so it's not just Asia to here. So what's this all about? Inflation. Inflation. People not having the money to buy like they normally buy. People getting scared and holding on to the money they have. I mean, come on now. That's a smart thing to do, wouldn't you think? It's so much worse than I think even we know. I started to say what we can imagine, but I got to be honest with you, with all of the telltale signs out there, I imagine a lot of things. And there are a lot of things that are going on that aren't good. Meanwhile, back at home, we haven't talked about any illegal immigration stuff, and we're not going to get deep into it, but here we are. More than 100,000 Americans are dying from drug overdoses and poisonings every year, many of those linked to fentanyl. With that going on, House Democrats have blocked a plan that would crack down on the deadly substance flowing almost exclusively from the U.S.-Mexico border into America. 220 House Democrats blocked consideration for Representative Michelle Fishback's Halt All Lethal Trafficking of Fentanyl Act to permanently classify fentanyl-related substances as Schedule One of the Controlled Substance Act. If that change was made, it would make it permanently illegal to sell fentanyl-related substances. In April, House Democrats blocked consideration of similar legislation that would have cracked down on fentanyl-related substances. Consistent blockage of bills to combat fentanyl overdoses and poisonings comes as CDC officials have warned parents to carry 
naloxone in case their child overdoses on fentanyl. This warning is in response to concerns that the Mexican drug cartels trafficking most of all of the China-manufactured fentanyl into the U.S. are targeting kids by packaging tens of thousands of fentanyl pills in Skittles and Nerds candy bags. And the Nancy Pelosi House of Representatives, they won't even take it up, the consideration to make illegal trafficking of fentanyl a violation of controlled substance laws. Why would they do that? We're going to end the show today. Leave that on your mind. we got a big week going on. Steve Baker will be with us tomorrow. Big news coming out of D.C. in that January 6th trial of that Oath Keeper and a bunch more stuff going on tomorrow. Congressman Mike Johnson will be with us later in the week. That's a wrap on our Monday show. Maybe we'll end with a little bit, you know, kind of a peppy sounding song. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate that. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 sharp here.
smack that ass and pull your hair like that. So I jail watch and wait for you to salute and chew dip pimp. Not many women care if you did pimpin'. I'm a nice guy, but don't get it if you get Just wanna get nasty. 